RadioInfluence.com. He got him! The white trunks. He heard him. That's beautiful. Oh, God. That's beautiful. He's got it. And he forced the top. Wow. Here's the submission. And it's all over. It's nice. all over. First round knockout. He's out. Rich Franklin retains his belt. The one thing that I never thought in a million years would happen happened. The champion. The challenger. Here we go. This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. Welcome into the Sunday edition of the MMA Report podcast. I am Jason Floyd. Of course, been listening to this podcast for a while. You know, this is the interview edition of the show, and I got a four-pack of fire interviews on this episode of the podcast. You're going to hear from a man who is coming off a decision victory at UFC 84, Blake Builder. Of course, he got a decision win there against Shane Young. Had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about that victory and other things going on with him. Then you're going to hear from three fighters on the regional scene. You're going to hear from a man who retained the lightweight title at Peak Fighting 26 earlier this month, Malik Lewis. Of course, we saw Malik there on the Contender Series last year. This was his first matchup since that loss to Trevor Peak on the Contender Series. So I spoke to him about what has been going on with him. Also, talked to him about this matchup, uh, the victory that he had against Paul Silva. And maybe one of the more interesting things about this conversation is he's talking about whether or not to pull out a fight based on what's on the line there. Then you're going to hear from a fighter who is coming off a first-round submission victory at Clip Motor City Cage Fights 13 earlier this month, Tyler Grimsley. And, well, he's already got a fight booked because he's going to be fighting on April the 1st, so uh, at B2 Fighting Series 179. So I talked to Tyler about uh, his most recent victory and his uh, upcoming matchup here in April. And then the final interview you're going to hear is with a fighter who won her professional debut at LFA 152 with a first round TKO victory and that is Nayra Rep who came off a TKO victory as I mentioned in the Bosnian bombshell so I spoke to her about that victory and a ton of other things going on with her career of course as always appreciate taking time out of your day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast of course a great way to show your support is by leaving a rating and review on the podcast on the podcasting platforms and of course uh, if you ever uh, check out any of the content we have over there on YouTube, uh, subscribe, hit that notification bell. It truly does help us a lot uh, as well with what we're doing over here at the MMA Report. Now, one thing I wanted to mention before we get into the interview edition of the show is a tweet that I saw earlier this week in relation to the Ultimate Fighter Season 31. Of course, we all know that this season uh, is now filming in Las Vegas. Uh, Michael Channel actually um, posted a picture of his coaching staff, and a part of his coaching staff is Ryan Bader. So back earlier this week, so two days ago, there was a, there's a Twitter account, which is at MMA underscore Orbit, and it released that uh, the contestants for the Ultimate Fighter 31, uh, a lot of names that you will uh, recognize, you know, um, you know, if you've following Container Series, uh, names like Kenny Cross, of course, uh, out of the Michigan uh, scene. We've seen him on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, Mitch Ramirez, a guy you've heard here on the podcast, trains out 
in Las Vegas. Austin Hubbard, of course, uh, went three and four in the UFC. Jason Knight, who went four and five uh, in the UFC. Dakota Bush, who only had two matchups in the UFC. Uh, Anthony Burchak, uh, of course, uh, he's had some stints in the UFC, two and four in the UFC in his time. Cody Gibson, a, a name that you, you may remember, one and three in the UFC. Hunter Azure, Rico Desculo, of course, part of the Contender Series. Uh, Mando Gutierrez, Timur Valiev. And what jumped out to me was I saw that Danny Rubenstein, of course, Danny, one of the, you know, one of the most well-known managers in this game. And he responded to this tweet going, Kenny Cross, Mitch Ramirez, and Brand Jenkins all got pulled off to make room for three of Connor's guys to be on the show. And of course, that caught my eye when I saw that. And as I was kind of getting doing some prep here for this show, I was over there on the MMA Reddit channel and noticed a couple of things that really jumped out to me. Uh, and one of those was, once again, this coming from the, the Twitter handle at MMA underscore Orbit, where it says, Chris Moutinho has announced that he was cut from the Ultimate Fire 31 cast. Uh, and this comes from uh, what Chris Moutinho wrote on Instagram. Thank everyone that has been congratulating me, but I'm making this to say I'm not actually on the show. I spent the time out there believing I was going to be on the show the day of filming. They told me I was an alternate. Things happen for a reason. I'm home. Fight news should be coming soon. And I also saw Chris Curtis. Now, Chris, Chris Curtis, UFC fighter. Also, he trains out in Las Vegas, and uh, he had some tweets uh, that, uh, you know, got a lot of people talking as he was uh, saying, yeah, there are guys that got cut, and, uh, you know, and I want to find the tweet that he actually had here that he talked about it. Um, you know, one of the tweets, uh, let me just kind of scroll down his timeline. I wanted to find this. Probably should have found this uh, tweet before uh, the show started, but basically he's admitting that, yeah, there was guys that he knew uh, that were, uh, you know, taken off the show, and this is unfortunate. And Chris Curtis, um, so Chris Curtis quote tweeted an MMA Mania tweet, which was the, the headline of the tweet was report Conor McGregor moving tough 31 contestants to make room for his own fighters. And Chris Curtis uh, tweeted, he goes, most definitely true, what an effing asshole. Uh, and his next tweet was, it's amazing how you will stroke Conor's shaft with your dying breath, even though the man has no idea you exist, and if he did, he probably wouldn't care. Effing strange, and of course, um, you know who, who has been eliminated. You know from it. I mean, look, if if Danny Rubenstein's putting it out there, I'm going to take it kind of as that is legit there, and it's unfortunate for those fighters that are out there. Uh, also, uh, Gilbert Burns noted that one of his training partners, um, Roxbotov, who of course uh, was a two time uh, finalist in the PFL lightweight tournament was also pulled from this season, man. That's unfortunate to see what happened there for the fires. And, I um, mean, look, you, you feel bad for those fighters, but uh, that really has been kind of the, the big news to happen over the past couple of days. Of course, last night was UFC Vegas 69. And, I mean, look, let's just let's just be honest about it. It was not an exciting card um, for the most part. Uh, kudos to what Aaron Blanchard was able to do. I will tell you what, man, I, I did not see that one coming, you know, to, for her to go out there and and do what she did and just shine the way that she signed there against Jessica Andrade. But, you know, you look at some of the rest of the car, I mean, you know, a ton of decisions on this one. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, the, the fight that if you've not watched this fight and if you're going to go back and watch this card, uh, you can just go go on and skip past that Mark St. Pracknell, William Knight matchup. Uh, that fight absolutely sucked. 
Uh, Marcy Prakniami, no, you know, n- nothing against him. He went out there and did what he needed to do. Um, you know, William Knight just did nothing. You know, I, I want to say in the official stats, he was 11 for 35 and total strikes landed. And, uh, you know, I saw, I saw a headline earlier today, I guess it was from, um, I guess it was a tweet or Instagram post that, that William Knight had. And he just said, he's like, look, I froze up there. I froze up there. Um, you know, you know, also I would say this, uh, you know, in terms of the scorecards, um, I have no issue with Alexander Hernandez getting the win over there against Jim Miller, but the 30, 27 scorecards, I just did not see that. Um, you know, I thought it was 29, 28, either way, kind of, you know, very close fight. It was crazy. Yeah. As that third round was unfolding, I, I went over to uh, Jim Miller's Wikipedia page. I was like, man, when's the last time Jim Miller's won a decision? And that was all the way back in, in 2016. Uh, a massive cut that Evan Elder, uh, suffered that, that four set, that, Third round stoppage for him to lose that matchup, so you kind of feel bad for them. Um, how about Philippe Leans, man? I thought Philippe Leans looked really good. OSP, I gotta imagine that's probably the last time. And uh, if you haven't watched the fight, the one fight I'll tell you, and it's not a long fight. The fight only lasted three minutes and thirteen seconds. Go check out the first fight of the night. Clayton Carpenter, he gets put on his back, slicks transition, and all three pulls out the rear naked choke, man. That was some slick groundwork. So if you haven't checked that out, be sure to check out that over there. Um, and one other final thing I want to mention, you know, a big topic over, you know, the past couple of days has been about this, whether or not uh, Islam Hachev may have taken IV, um, you know, Jeff Nowitzki came out and talked about how much of an IV a fighter can take. And I thought the statement from the Combat Sports Commission of Western Australia was kind of interesting, where it said this, quote, the Combat Sports Commission of Western Australia does not condone any form of cheating within the combat sports industry. The commission has clear codes and policies that align with the World Anti-Doping Agency and the bans the misuse of invidious drips. The commission has no conclusive evidence that any athlete at UFC 284 event held at RAC Arena has breached WADA or the commission policies. The commission has not received a complaint relating to any athlete at UFC 284 event held at the RAC Arena. The commission invites anyone with any relevant information to contact us by emailing. Until someone makes a complaint or true evidence comes to light, the commission is not investigating Mahachev at this time. And it's really been interesting to see how various people have reacted to this story. And I don't know, maybe this story is going to maybe go away at some point, but it just, it just kind of makes you wonder, is there something to this story? I don't know whether or not it is, but it's kind of, kind of interesting to, to see what plays into that. But let's get right into the interviews. Up first, you're going to hear my conversation with Blake Builder. Then it'll be Malik Lewis, then Tyler Grimsley. And then the final conversation you're going to hear is with Naira Rep. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who went over to Perth, Western Australia for his UFC debut and walked away with the victory, Blake. Appreciate that. Before we get to that point, you know, I'm, I'm over here on your IG, kind of, you know, looking at some things. And uh, one of the things of you posted a video of getting your black belt. Did you know oh. that was coming? No, I didn't. I didn't. I knew it was belt ceremony, but. Man, I've been a brown belt for so long that I'm just like, like brown belt, four stripe, literally for like four or five years. So I'm just like, whatever. I'm like, it's just, it's just another ceremony. There's no way, you know, like, like I'll probably get it when I go, when I, when I get a big win after the UFC, after a UFC fight or something, but I did not expect it. And, uh. And when I didn't expect it, man, that's when I got it. And I was just like, 
man, 15 years of just giving it everything I got every single day. I mean, I've trained pretty much every single day. I would never miss practice. And so getting that thing was like, it was, it was, it was one of one of the greatest accomplishments of my entire life. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it because I, I remember talking to to someone who won a belt in LFA, and they had said the black belt meant much more to them than winning an LFA title. They said nothing against LFA, but this has been a lifetime of work to to get to this spot. Like, so I, I would, I guess, outside looking in, I would probably think it, that would be the greatest accomplishment so far in your martial arts journey. Yeah. Yeah, jujitsu was like jujitsu was the catalyst to everything for me. You know, like jujitsu was the one thing that gave me um, peace, like during a breakup. Uh, jujitsu, jujitsu was my girlfriend. You know, like jujitsu um, helped my mental health. Jujitsu was my meditation. Jujitsu was my escape. When I walked on the mats, nothing else mattered. Um, jujitsu was there for me when I was heartbroken, when I was broke, when I was alone, when I was lost, scared, and it helped me have the courage and the strength to, 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 to get to new levels. And and jujitsu is a beautiful thing because it's so subtle, you know. And and uh, in boxing, you know, you you go up and you can move up the rankings and you can see progress in that way. But it's really nice to see your your physical progress on a belt and and get uh, and get stripes and and get ranked and 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 then uh go against people that you've been going against for a while and going against new people and seeing where you rank amongst them you know it's one of those things where you can buy a black belt but you're going to be exposed if you're not at that level yeah uh you know and of course we mentioned about you go over there to perth the long how long did it take you to get from california to, to perth western australia oh my god so we left lax Sunday at 8 p.m. and we get to Brisbane and in Brisbane I missed my flight because we didn't have enough time to check the bags I thought that you could just walk through with your bags like oh no you got to check your bag I'm like just it's fine like it's okay and the guy's like nope gotta check it I was like bro I'm gonna miss my flight and he's like he's like you gotta check it he's like sorry mate I'm like fuck so I missed the flight. They get me on the next flight, which was like an hour and a half later. But you just took a 13 and a half hour flight. And then you miss your flight. And then you got another five and a half hour flight after that. It's like, oh, my gosh. And my, and my, 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 uh, my coach and, and, my, and, my, and my boy Lou got on that got on that plane and was able to, to to make it out to Perth like an hour and a half before me. Absolutely. Love you, brother. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's my thing. Like, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> like, that's my thing. Like, I've always kind of thought, like, Australia would be a cool spot to go to on a vacation. But I'm like, damn, that is a – I've done a 10-hour flight. Hey, I will say this, though. Best place to go. One of the best places I've ever been, hands down. The air is so crisp. The I fell in love about 20 and a half times a day. Uh, the people are super nice. I mean, there's some, there's some, uh, uh, they would say 
Um, there's some sick cunts, which is like really good people. And there's some horrible cunts out there. And like, there's like, there's probably a bunch, but I didn't run into too many horrible people. Cause I think you're just a reflection of yourself yeah. to other people. So I didn't really run into to too many bad people, but everybody was cool with me, man. It was, it was great. I loved it out there. You got to go at least once, but that flight is terrible. Oh, oh it's gotta be first class. Has to be a first class ticket. Can't say, can't, you know, as someone who's six four, I don't think I can do the whole coach. Uh, you know, <laughs> seventeen plus hours. Yeah. So going into this fight, if you would have told me this was going fifteen minutes, I would have thought no way. I just thought between what you do, what he does, I thought it had the recipe that chaos was going to happen. Was yep. that was that your mentality, or like as I'm going back and watching the fight, it did feel like patience was really kind of a big thing for you well i mean we don't know like anything about this guy it's been a couple of years you know and it's like for me to go and study old tape is foolish he could be a completely different fighter he's with a different camp now you know like different coaching um you know he's worked on himself you know he he was suffering from uh depression i heard i heard he does a lot of really good things with mental health and and suicide awareness which is so dope you know like uh i like big big commends to him for that um but we don't know who this guy is anymore you know so um he's fought high level guys the only guys that he's lost to are like 16 and 2 15 and 1 which is volkanovsky uh another 10 and 1 guy um he's good he's a good fighter you know for the for people to downplay him is is a mistake so i took him very seriously I took the fight very seriously, and I just wanted to make sure that I had a smart game plan. So we used lateral movement to get away from his linear attacks. He's trying to press me up against the cage, control the center, use pressure, and back me into the cage and and and, and land good shots. And, and I, I was getting frustrated with all the lateral movement. He, he couldn't back me into a corner, and, you know, we just, we just programmed correctly. Were you surprised in, in his takedown defense? No, uh, I knew it'd be pretty decent. I know, I know that he's like he's like a sprawling brawl kind of guy. Like, uh, but my a lot of people thought that I was like going for the takedown set to take him down. I didn't want to take him down at all. Mm-hmm. Like the the one takedown that I got on him was to show that hey, I can and will take you down. But the other ones were to like attack. He sprawls heavy. I know he's gonna sprawl heavy. I come up and just start throwing shots. Bop, 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 bop. Ooh, I almost landed a couple of knees off of those shots. Uh, landed some landed some good shots. I landed some good strikes and combinations after the shot. If you go back and look at it, pay attention to that. So our game plan wasn't necessarily to take him down. And people were like, oh, you should you, you should set up your shot a little bit more. I'm like, I'm like bro, I'm not, I'm not. You don't see what I'm doing. Like, I got a game plan. Trust me. Like, I'm not stupid. In terms of, was there anything that you were surprised about him? Um, yeah, he's he's tough. He's tough. Like, uh, like I was I was surprised. I hit him was I I hit him with some good shots that uh, normal guys would uh, would go down with, and uh, and and he and he took them. So yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit surprised by that. But not really. I mean, like, I, like the way that we program and tailor to every fighter is just we're just different. 
was it odd to be fighting that time in the morning? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, and people need to know that we were up at four in the morning. And, and if you're early prelims, you don't have as much time to rehydrate and and mm. eat because everybody weighs in the weighs in at the same time, seven in the morning, and then you are uh, waking up at four in the morning. So that's twenty one hours of rehydrating and eating. So it's like that's not a lot of time, you know. So if you're early prelims, you get you get cut on that and your sleep, you know. So I try to make sure that I got a bunch of sleep, rehydrate properly, and eat well. Um, but yeah, we were up four in the morning in a room at four thirty with everybody on the bus at four forty-five at the venue by five o'clock. I was napping five to six o'clock, getting my hands wrapped, six six fifteen, warming up, six fifteen to six forty five, watching the first fight at seven o'clock, and then going and fighting at seven thirty on the dot. Did did you and your team ever have a, a thought of trying to stay on California time? Uh, no, 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 no. We didn't. We didn't want to. We didn't want to acclimate. That was the. Uh, that was the one thing that we didn't want to do. We we woke up at three in the morning, four in the morning every morning. So yeah, we we didn't want to acclimate. We're not trying to do that until after the fight. It was business as usual, and we made sure that we were very very on point about that. We we take our 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 job and and everything very serious. We want to make sure that. That we're 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 doing all these things and adjusting, uh, so we don't have like jet lag or we're not surprised by anything. Was that? I mean, you know, you talked about you know, hey, we didn't know what to necessarily get out of Shane. But was the travel aspect maybe the second hardest thing about this fight? Hundred percent, man. Like that was the worst thing. the The last pound took me a little bit to get off just because, you know, like I'm. I don't have the normal food that I'm eating. I don't have the normal uh, facilities that I'm using. You know, the, the some of the saunas are too hot and some of the, the, you know, I don't have like a jacuzzi. You know, it's just like little things like that that add up that that make things difficult. You know, being on a plane for 20 hours coming over here messes with your weight, messes with your weight cut. Um, you know, a lot of fighters experiencing jet lag. There's a, there's a lot of little factors that were involved, you know, but um, I uh, overcome and adapt to anything that comes in my way. So, you know, whatever it is, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to just going to sift right through it. Yeah. You know, I've done plane flights to Europe and back. I, I really don't get the jet lag because, well, I can fall asleep, whatever. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Me neither. I don't really I don't really get jet lag too much. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can put my head against the window. I'm good. Yeah, me too. I feel, I feel, I feel fine. The only thing is just like trying not to eat like the the um, mm. the 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 food on the plane because it's like you're hungry. It's right yeah. there. You're tired. You're sleepy. You're traveling a lot. So it's just trying to like manage a bunch of little things and stay disciplined. Now that this one's in the books, have you started to think about, uh, you know, when potentially you can get back in there next? Yeah. So uh, the timeline that I want to get back in there is like right away. I just got to get my thumb checked out. Uh, I jammed it a little bit. So I don't think there's any fractures or breaks or anything. Um, I think it's just like bruised, but I just got to I just got to uh, get an x-ray on it and see how it is. You know, little nicks and things, but. 
I'd like to get it. I'd like to get back in there and like uh and like maybe like a couple months, two three months, you know, take a little bit of time to go see family because it's really important for me after after my little brother's death, um, that I that I make time for people, you know, that I make time to go see my family and friends and uh, just spend a little time and be present with them, you know. I love, I love what I do, and and I, I honestly hate being outside of the gym, but it's very important for me now that I I spend some time with my, with with my family and make sure that I'm just I'm just loving on them, you know, because yeah, I, you just never know. Yeah, I, I saw the video you had on, on Instagram for your brother, and uh, you know, spreading his ashes, like it, it, you know, what do you like? What do you think your brother was thinking, looking over you? watching you compete oh man i think he's just proud man i think he's just proud you know like i told him i told him to get into the gym i told him you know like uh you know i was like man I, you know I, I go through the same thing brayden you know like uh you know i i i feel i feel down and out sometimes i i, I feel like you know i feel like everything is too much and mm-hmm. and uh I, I got on a phone call with him a month before and uh he had ate a bunch of sleeping pills man and and i was like hey you regret it don't you and he's like and he's like yeah and i was like i was like i was like man like three things bro i was like i was like one i love you uh, I was like, two, I'm glad you called. And three, you got to get some, you got to get some help, bro. And, um, and you know, it's like, we, we can, we can, we can love somebody so much, man, but, but, but they have to, they have to learn to love themselves and, and we can tell people what to do all day. But one thing in life is we can't control people. And when I saw, when I saw my little brother, bro, it just, you know, it's coming up on his one year anniversary. So around this time, it's just like, it's just emotional. It's just crazy, you know. And and um, and when I saw him, I was just like, man, you know, I I got I gotta live my life. I gotta live it to the fullest, and I gotta I gotta make sure that every day counts, and and I gotta make sure that that I'm being a, a positive force and I'm not taking life too serious and, and I'm having fun, you know? And, uh, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's smiling down, man. I think he, I feel like he's right there with me. I got to spread his ashes and, um, and man, it was just like that video couldn't have been more perfect. I, I, I just ran my fastest run from Mount Baldy. I took his ashes and and I let a little bit go and then I took a a, a lot more and boom, when it just like went up in the air and just went off and and then the rest I just trickled into the water, you know, into all the elements, you know, into the into the into the earth, into the wind, into the water, and uh, and I just feel like his spirit was free and his spirit's with me. You know, so um, I know I'm making him proud. And uh, it was my mom's birthday the other day, so I got to give her that as a birthday present too. 
you talk about, you know, you know, having fun in life. And I, and I think we all have our, our ways of having fun. You kind of based on what we were talking about a little bit earlier, I feel like for you, fun is getting on the jujitsu mat. A- am I wrong in that? Oh man. That's like, that's, that's what it's all about, bro. Like but today before this, okay. I worked out five hours. Like I was up at three in the morning, you know, it's like, and I, and I, and I, and I wrote a post. I was like, I, I, I put in my story. I was like, I was like, look, man, you guys, you, I get to do this. I get to work out and do this. Like you guys feel like you have to like, it's a different mindset. It's a different attitude. And I, and, and if you think of things like that, like, Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I got it. Da, 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 da. It's like, man, you're making, you're making life so hard on yourself. And it's like, so the words that we use to ourselves, gets expressed that way so it's like your internal dialogue is getting expressed and flowing out through you as within so without you know so we have to make sure that our our talk is is of good things is of a high frequency is is elevating us is filled with love and and uh and that's all i do man that's all i do you know i don't i i used to be i used to have to I used to claim depression. I used to say that I was a depressed person. Um, I used to have suicidal thoughts, and uh, I just don't believe in it anymore. I just don't believe in depression. I just choose not to go to the frequency. Um, I, I choose not to believe in depression, like just like somebody would believe in ghosts or wouldn't believe in ghosts. You know, One person hears a sound, it's just the wind. Another person hears a sound, and then they're up all night. And if anybody wants to contest me to that, you know, how come people over years and years and years uh, ate a sugar pill and they're like, oh, yeah, it worked. It worked so great. And then years later, they find out that it's, it's, it's just a sugar pill. So what changed? The belief. The belief changed. And they found theirs in a sugar pill. And I found mine with my own thought patterns. So I just brought awareness to my thoughts and and thought patterns and reprogram my mind and I am no longer uh, a depressed person or living with depression or anything like that. Have you thought about, you know, like as you, you know, you, you, you build your brand, you know, from your fighting yep. career of, of using it as a way to, to preach that message to, to people that, that, that may be going through some things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So on, on the shirts that I got right here, uh, it says mission, vision, purpose, because, uh, I believe we should all be the the MVPs of our own life. You know who's the most most valuable player? It should always be you. Yeah. It should always be you. You should you should be the MVP. You should be the 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 Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba. You should be the Michael Jordan of your own team, of your own mind, of your own spirit, of your own emotions, of your own physical body. You know, like these things are important, you know, and and uh, and on the back, it also says Galatians 6, 9, which is just ancient scripture that says, uh, never grow weary of doing good for at the proper time, we reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. And it's true. You know, it's just like it's just what I don't care what you believe in. You can stand by those words and say that 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 is a good thing to do. Let us not grow weary in doing good. And what people say is good. Uh, how are you doing? Good. It, that's not the right way to say it. What people mean is they're doing well. 
Yeah. What doing good is an action. Like you're doing good for your community. Like you're helping out with charity. You're uh, uh, offering jobs. You're offering help or services. That's what doing good is. So let us not grow, grow weary in doing acts or services or benefiting other people and taking actions to help them. Let's not grow weary of doing that, because uh, if we if we if we keep on it, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. So we can't give up. We can't give up. And it says purpose over pleasure and purpose over pleasure. If we if we have too much pleasure, it causes pain. Yeah. If we if we if we stay on our purpose, it causes pain, but it gives us pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's important for us to stay um, stay on these on these on these simple principles and, 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 and keep these in the forefront of our minds because it's going to help us not fall into depress- depression mm-hmm. and not uh, become victims, but victors. And then we can change our mindset. And when we change our mindset, our thoughts change, then our feelings, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, and actions lead to a result. So if you change your thought, your thought patterns are better, then you feel better. Your feelings are better, now you act better. So your actions are the good, and then your result is a, is a better outcome. And then the whole world starts to change because the ideas and the faculties of our minds have changed. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you and all that. I'm with you with all that, man. Uh, but Blake, yeah. man, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Congratulations on the victory, man. And uh, of course, if anyone ever wants so to reach out to you on social media, follow you, uh, where can they do that, man? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at Blake the Builder. Also, shout out to my coach, Flaming Hot Mitts, a.k.a. The Flame, a.k.a. Christian Guevara. He's the man, the myth, the legend. I appreciate him. When I lost my little brother, I gained a new one in him. And me and him are the dynamic duo. It's like when it's like uh, it's like when God gave uh, uh, the Ten Commandments. You know, that's what it's that's what it's like with me and him. So uh, we're 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 making noise. We're already back to work, and we're and we're and we're gonna make more statements. So it's the first of many. And and uh, also thank you. I appreciate you for always. Uh, giving me good interviews and, and always showing me love, man. Joining me now here on the MMA report is a man who is coming off a successful title defense at peak fighting 26 retaining the lightweight title Malik Lewis back on show Malika as always, man, I appreciate time, you know, uh, before this fight. And so this Instagram post you had was from 12 weeks ago. So a little bit of time before this fight. And you said every day I'm pushing to be a better version of myself then I was the day before only way is up. A new beast is in the making. So do you feel like you showed off the new beast here at peak fighting? Absolutely. I think I showed, you know, that I'm versatile. I'm good everywhere. You know, I'll push through. We can get things done for sure. I, I know, uh, you know, seeing some of the highlights from the fight, uh, you know, you, you did get clipped a little bit in the fight, uh, but of course, uh, ultimately getting that TKO victory with ground and pound. So uh, how do you assess the fight? Um, uh, I mean, you get hit in fights. <laughs> I go into every single fight, you know, knowing that I'm probably going to get punched, probably get beat up on for sure. I just got to make sure that I beat up the other guy worse. But I watched the fight a couple times. I think I was dominant and won every single round. Uh, other than getting dropped in that first round, I think, uh, I was pretty much in control the whole entire time. Is that it, When you go back and you watch the fight, and, and obviously – 
as an athlete, you're naturally going to look at the things you believe you can improve on. Is, is that sequence in the first round the thing that you go back and you watch the most? It's like, okay, what did I technically do wrong? Or, or do you sit there and just look at your opponent and go, you know what? He got me. He, he, he caught me. Yeah, that's exactly how I approached that one. Like, he caught me. I know exactly what I did in that moment, which was wrong. I mean, when I went back into the corner, I told him, they're like, you okay? Are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm fine. He just caught me in between. Like, I swung out of my stance because I was swinging a little crazy stuff that we're still working on for sure. But I swung out of my stance, and he threw a, one straight, and it just pushed me to my butt, you know? And, of course, this was the first time you'd been back inside competition since you were on the Contender Series. And, you know, I, I know you, you talked about it in an Instagram post after how, you know, losses don't define you. And that post was your loss don't define you, but set a parameter for what you do next. Embrace the darkness, get back on your bike, and trek towards greatness and still 6-1, and one, baby. Like, was that kind of the mindset? Like, right after the Contender Series fight, I was like, man, it, it, I just need to get back on the bike and, and get back in there? I mean, I this is all I do to be honest, you know, like there was really no thought process for me. Um, the contender series, there was a lot of things that went on that was outside of my, uh, outside of my hands, you know, no excuses. Trevor peak is a great opponent and there's a lot that had happened. So I, I couldn't really be too upset. I was kind of happy with myself, honestly, you know, to go in there, you know, I fought with bronchitis. I fought sick. I know that I knew this. My coaches knew this. We all knew this going in. So I didn't smart or I didn't fight the the smartest fight. I, I didn't go out there and, and fight the best fight I could have. And that was just from making rookie mistakes. You know, I shouldn't have went and just dumped the load like when I dropped him, especially knowing that my cardio is pretty uh suspect. So it was a learning process for me instantly. It was a great experience. I, I felt like I belonged. I was like, okay, I need to be here. I could do this. I could be dropping people in the first round. I could do this for three five-minute rounds, five five-minute rounds, you know. I, I know I can, so all I need to do is work even harder, you know, do the clean up the, the bad habits that I, I might have had outside of the gym, whatever, with with – dipping you know smoking all the time all that so i just got to the got to the grind started working hearing you talking about the the issues you had going in contender series fight if that was a fight on the regional scene do you think you still fight um to be honest no man um me and uh pablo were supposed to fight january i don't remember the date we were supposed to fight in january but I ended up getting pneumonia. So this like sickness that I I got this upper respiratory infection, whatever the crap, whatever I'd got, it was messing with me for so long for, for literally it was it, fighting for months. I was going on. I just felt weird. I was fatiguing this and that. And I, I went to the doctor and he took an x-ray of my lungs and stuff. And he's like, man, you have pneumonia. He's like, you need to go sit your butt down in a bed. You need to go chill and stuff. You, you got to rest. And so, I had to call that fight off because, you know, I'm, I'm not about to fight with pneumonia. I didn't know how long I was supposed to be out. I wasn't even allowed to go do, to the gym for a whole two weeks, you know. So, no, I probably wouldn't have fought on the regional scene. Nah, I could have just pushed it back a month or something, you know, no biggie. Yeah, no, it, it was just as you were thinking, I was just kind of thinking in my head like, man, you know, 
obviously going to the contender series is a great opportunity. You, you know, you go out there and you, you shine what it can be. So that, that's the only reason I brought it up. It was just kind of, you know, that, that mindset of, cause like, I, I feel like guys early on in their career, you know, one fight, two fight, three fights, they're kind of like, man, I'll just fight whenever. But then once you kind of get to the point that you're at, it, there is kind of, is it becomes a business as, as long as obviously it's a fight game and all that, but you have to look at it from a business side of, you know, putting yourself in the best position to succeed. Absolutely. You have to, I mean, to an extent, because, you know, then you could say, should you pick easy fights and stuff, you know, put yourself in the, yeah. I like to test myself. I love this. I love what I do. You know, I'm fighting because it's like we're modern day gladiators. You know, we get to go in there, test ourselves. If you fight a worthy opponent, you know, you get a lot more respect. And I think that is why I'm at where I'm at at six and one. And there's guys who have way better records or, or, you know, because I've definitely jumped in the fire. But you do have to be smart. You should never fight, you know, injured or, or sick. Like, take care of your injuries, rest up, and come back so you can perform at your best. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, how many times you sit there and, and sometimes I'll see a fire get into the UFC and I just I start looking at strength competition. I'm going, ooh, man. A lot, a lot of questions. Like, like, from your aspect, like when, when opponents are, are pitched to you, you know, your management contacts you, your promoter contacts you, do you kind of sometimes look at that record and go, Oh man, this guy is not. He's kind of. He's taking the 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 easier road as opposed to the the road uh-huh. that you've gone down. No, absolutely. When I when I get some opponents and stuff, and uh, I go and and do my investigating, and I look at their records, and I see, I'm like, oh, well, you know, either way, it's a fight. I'm never going to underestimate anybody, and there's really no easy fights. So I look at it, and I'm like, oh, this guy's never fought somebody like me. That's what I'll think in my head. You know, you mentioned about, you know, testing yourself. How did, how did Paulo test you? He was, you know, just tough again, tough. He definitely wanted to win. He came to win. He didn't want to go out. He didn't want to lose the whole time. I would, every time I would take him to the ground and I'd have my top pressure, I'm trying to loosen up so I can, I love to, you know, rain some nasty ground and pound, but, as you saw in the fight, a lot of my fight or shots were like little rabbit shots and stuff because he was moving his hips the whole time. He was trying to elevate. He was doing everything right. He was definitely a, a jujitsu black belt. Like I could feel the pressures and stuff and all the things, the dangers he was trying to present. So I had to, you know, establish the control a lot more and, and take things a lot slower and stuff. So Paulo was a perfect fight for this one because our game plan was to take it a lot slower. Any, any, it, was it because of his fighting style of why you had that mindset of fighting slower in this one? No, it was actually it's because of my last fight. You know, like we got went back and watched it. And we thought about it. You know, and like I said, there there is no excuses. You know, I, I think I could have won that fight for sure. You know, and I think the approach for me to win that fight would have been to slow it down and really just trusting myself and my skills and you know seeing the punches come and moving out just staying to my game and stuff not dropping them and then just flying me uppercut up and fly is that a hard like like you hear so many fighters talk about the the, the virtue of patience it, it, inside of the like you know 
you work all camp long, you know, and, and your, your, your coach is drilling you like, Hey man, slow down, wait for it to be there. But they say they don't fight night. It, sometimes there's old tens come back where it's like, you see red and it's just like, I want to go for it. Like, how, how do you like, how do you balance that inside the cage on fight night? Um, for me, I'm pretty cool and calm and collected. Like before a fight, I bet you could ask anyone. Like I really, at this point, it's not even nerves or anything for me. It's really not. That's not me trying to sound like a hard ass. Is I love it. I'm going in there. I'm going to work. I know what to do. I have a plan, and I'm trying to go in there and 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 stick to it. So, going into the fight when I'm starting to swing heavy, usually it's because, you know, if the guys come out like Pablo did, you know, Pablo tried to smash some leg kicks, wasn't worried about them, but he was a lot faster than I thought, you know, like I didn't think he would be so fast and he was explosive and exploding him, but that was smart on his side, knowing that he's fighting an explosive striker. So he has to meet that fire with fire and, Next day, you know, I'm not pawing out the jabs and staying long. I'm exploding <laughs> and crashing in, too. So just, you know, making the little necessary uh, corrections and stuff that we need to. Is, is it also part of like that, that, that warfare of like, hey, man, let me throw this hard overhand. Just, and, and could be as just as much of I want to see how he reacts to it. Like, is that also kind of the mindset of like, hey, I'm not necessarily trying to throw this shot that may in the fight, but it's also kind of like, let me see how he reacts to it. Oh, yeah. I, I like to definitely throw out some shots, be like, oh, yeah, watch this power, you know. Oh, you, you think you've been punched? Well, check this out. I, absolutely, you know, like somebody throws at you hard. It, it's just you want to hit them back harder, you know. I, I definitely get in. I, I like to get into those little battles and stuff and, I also like to think damage and stuff, you know? Okay, well, if I'm hitting you with these shots, you got to go into the next round fighting me, you know, with that damage under your belt. Trying yeah, to I knock mean, that health bar down. I mean, I know we, you, you know, you never want to go to the judge's scorecard because at the end of the day, you, you want you want to have control of, of how you win the fight as opposed to having three other people decide your fate or whether you, whether you win a fight. And obviously damage is... It's really the number one priority when we're talking about, you know, scoring of fights. Like, is that also part of that mindset of like, okay, I'm not trying to go to the decision here, but I know, you know, damage is, you know, they talk about the three D's, you know, in terms of scoring fights, you know, do damage, dominance, and duration. So like, is that part of your mindset of like in the back of your head saying, man, like, you know, if I land this right hand and you know what, it opens up a cut on, on his, on his nose. That judge is going to look at that more than he may look at, hey, he landed, you know, three jabs over a 40-second period. No, absolutely. I think about that. I pick the shots and the strikes like, oh, I should do a knee here, you know. I should do elbows here. Oh, I have short time. I need to do more damage, you know, stuff that's going to rock him, not stuff that's going to cut. Or oh, the ref's watching right now, so I need to get a flurry of punches, you know. Definitely thinking about all that. Absolutely. So as we now, you know, lead after this matchup is over, like what, what, what's the kind of the next plans for the next three or four months or how, do you have something already lined up? Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll see me in the UFC soon. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'll see me in the UFC soon. Uh, don't have anything right now, but you know, maybe something happens. Somebody falls out 
in the UFC or, or, or they need somebody at 55 to come in there, shoot, I'll step in for Dana at 70. Whatever he needs me at, I'll be there. So Stay uh, ready hopefully, is hopefully, hopefully that's the that's what we're gonna see. So stay ready is pretty much the mindset at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm already back in the gym training. You know, I got all these bruises and bumps and stuff, but I'm already back in the gym training because it's all I know. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a call and they say, hey, we need this, we need you here. So since you've been back in the gym, the coach is kind of going, hey man, need you to slow down a little bit. You know, we want to get you healed up a little bit. Nah, the coaches, they know what I'm. They know what I'm capable of, and uh, they like to see it. They know that I, I don't. I take this very seriously, you know, and maybe a little crazy or whatever. But they, they know I can do it. They know I can take it. I'll be all right. <laughs> like, is it hard for you to like if if your coaches came to you, you know, today and say, "Hey, man, I need you to take the next two days off." Would would like would you be like inside of your mind you'd be like what the hell am I gonna do for the next two days? Well, I'd probably just end up at the gym playing basketball or something <laughs> on my day off. I'd probably be at the gym working out, lifting weights. You know, those are my days off, my my easy days. Uh, you know, I, they they're not gonna ask me to take a couple of days off. <laughs> like, like, is it tough for you to get your mind off the fight game? No, I like to play video games and stuff. I like to chill with my fiance and no, it's not it's not too hard, you know. I, I think about how I can get better and I like to go to the gym and work on my cardio, go to the gym and swim laps and, and work on my strength and I like to watch fights and, and learn things like that because I, I love it and I enjoy it, but I love my family as well, you know. I live a pretty blessed life for sure, you know. Um I got air in my lungs. The people I love are healthy. I live in a, a nice little spot, you know. So, no, it's not hard to kick back and relax. It's not. I mean, obviously, we're still very early on in, in this calendar year. I think it's very clear when listening what you're saying. We know what the goal is for 2023. But, like, if we're sitting here, you know, December of this year, and, and I said, hey, this is this was a banner year for you. Obviously, that would mean getting to the UFC. But what else would that also mean? Just to maintain my health, maintain my my time with my loved ones and all that, you know, I already feel like I'm winning, you know, before before that fight, before, you know, even after the loss on the Contender Series and all that, I'm extremely blessed, you know. I can't sit here and even, you know, think of something bad to say, you know, yeah, we got bills, yeah, we have these days and this and that, blah, 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 but I'm extremely blessed. I, I do, I love my life, you know. I'm not one of those guys screaming, I'm depressed all the time and this and that. So hopefully things just keep going going smooth and going great as long as I'm healthy enough to fight, you know. I, I really don't even care about going here or going to these places or, or reaching these, these heights and stuff. Just please let me be healthy to do the thing I love. So say you and your fiance are going to let loose on, on a Saturday night. You two are going to go have a good dinner. What, what's, and she says, you, you pick the choice. What type of food are we going to get? Uh, <laughs> we're probably going to go get some Indian food. Okay. Indian food or Mediterranean food for sure. 
So is there a t- is there a Mediterranean Indian dish that's kind of like your go to? Like when I go to restaurants, typically for the most part, like I typically get the same type of things. You know, once I go to a restaurant, I know what I like. I I stick to that. I don't. I really don't move on. Or 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 do you like to kind of uh, partake in everything on the menu? I'm gonna try everything. If you go and eat with me, you already know I'm probably ordering. I'll order like two entrees, and I'm always ordering an appetizer. I order like two different things at the same time and stuff. So no, I, I definitely try to try everything out on the menu if I like a restaurant. So if I go to a restaurant and I'm like, wow, this is this is really good, then I'm gonna end up going and trying every single thing on their menu for sure. Absolutely. That's but my awesome. go-to for Indian food is is chicken korma. Okay, I they, I I've, I've probably had Indian food a couple times. But like where I live, there's not we like we we've got a Vietnamese spot that's kind of near us that me and my wife like to go to. That's really good. Um, but yeah, man, I, I can't. I want to say I probably had a, a handful of times. Yeah, yeah I do, Thai I do. fried rice is is probably ate by me every single day. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But of course, we look forward to seeing uh, when that next fight is going to take place. Who knows? Maybe we see you inside the octagon here in the very near future. Of course, uh, let me know they can find you on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Um, let me give a shout out to like Tattoo Urbans, to Genesis Jiu Jitsu and all my people, all my loved ones, all my friends out there, all the people who want to see me rise and see me uh, do good. I'm going to keep, keep working, getting back to it. I promise that. Joining me now here on the MMA report is a man who is coming off a victory last weekend and he's already got another fight booked here, Tyler. Congratulations on the victory. Uh, but we're wasting no time here, are we? Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, now get right back into it. Actually, I stopped at this last fight before I found out about the last one. So, yeah, I was just about to ask that if they were already booked back to back together. I mean, like, as you like, do you have a a overall mindset of like I'm I don't have training camps. I'm just constantly training. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my last fight, I found that out on eight-day notice, went up, you know, 20 pounds. Usually I fight at 155. I was at a catch weight at 175. My uh, One of my coaches messaged me uh, Thursday and was like, you want to fight next Friday? So, I mean, <laughs> one got it done, luckily. What do you think the pros and cons are of taking a short-notice fight? Oh, I mean, the pros, you don't have a lot of time to really, you know, psych yourself out, get too nervous. I mean, I don't got to cut any weight, kind of just go in. And I think it benefits me a lot more because I stay ready. I stay in the gym year-round, where a lot of guys, they don't stay in the gym year-round. So I think it, it really does benefit me more than it uh, doesn't. You know, you know, Alexander Hernandez was talking about that this week where he was saying, he's like, he's like, man, I'd much rather have these short-nose fights. He goes, because I just overthink everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when, when you say you have six, eight weeks, like obviously this upcoming fight, you've got a, a, a decent amount of time to get ready for this one. Like, do you feel like you overthink things in terms of your preparations? Oh, I mean, yeah, at times. I mean, yeah, that's a long time just to be focused on one individual. But I mean... It's also good, though, too, because you make sure you're in top shape, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's got its pros and cons, just like a short-notice fight does. 
And, and of course, it's been a quick rise for you here in the in the pro ranks already. Four and zero in your career. I mean, the pro debut was just back in, in twenty twenty one. Like, mm-hmm. I guess you think about like where you were like at that point, twenty twenty one, and how you viewed kind of yourself and the fight game into where you're at now. What what do you see as the, as the major differences of you now versus you then? Oh, I mean, probably just mindset and just you know more experience. You know, like. I mean, I had five amateur fights and then turned pro. So, I mean, it's been quick. It's been good so far, but it's been quick. And, yeah, it's just mindset, really. In, in terms of that mindset, is it is it more of a thing of how you look at the fight game and, and how you look at preparations? Um, I mean, kind of. I mean, really, I mean, yeah, just take it one fight at a time. Just keep doing, keep doing my thing, really. Just keep staying in the gym, stay training. I mean, I, I believe it, it was your Instagram that I saw this on of trusting the process. Yeah. Is, yeah. is, is that something that had maybe at one time what was uh, tough to understand? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I grew up wrestling and everything. So it's like a lot of times you're just going through the, you're just going through the daily, daily things, just kind of, you know, going through the motions and not really, you know, believing in everything you're doing, believing it's got, it's got a purpose, but it does, it all pays off and you just got to keep believing in it and keep doing it, keep doing it every day. And, you know, just keep following your path. We all know, especially here in the United States, how uh, wrestling, you know, more times than not does lead to, to mixed martial arts, but like it was, was there a time where maybe you thought you weren't on a, a martial arts path? Oh, I mean, I, I knew for a while, even towards like probably my last five years of wrestling, I was going to get into uh, MMA after uh, wrestling. It was just a matter of time. Fortunately, I was enough uh, able to go wrestle up in college. So that gave me another four years. So that really benefited me quite a bit. But yeah, I mean, I always kind of figured I was going to give MMA a try. And yeah, we're still going at it. It's going good so far. In terms of that transition to mixed martial arts, what was, what was the what was the thing that maybe you struggle with the most of whether it was picking up the jujitsu game or, or the stand-up aspect? Um, it's, I, I think it's combining everything. Cause in wrestling, I always like in wrestling, you know, it's you, you lead it with a different foot than when you strike with you're either just wrestling and now you got to mix it all in. So it's more just combining the striking to the grappling and then the grappling back up to the striking into the clinch against the cage and all that. So, really just like the end uh like the middle parts that are the trickiest for me so far you know the, the word you always hear in the fight game is blending blending everything yeah. together <laughs> like like as you like i mean when you're you're obviously you're you're self-evaluating yourself every day whether we're talking about a fight yeah. or or you know in the training room I mean, where how do you think you are progressing and being able to blend everything together oh i mean i think i'm doing I mean, I, I think I'm doing all right. Uh, I mean, it's something we work on every single day, you know. So, I mean, yeah, we have classes where it's just MMA-based, and then we have classes that are strictly the art that we work on, whether it be kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, stuff like that. So, I think it's like the MMA days that help because, you know, you're actually working on combining everything together. But, yeah, I think it's going good. So, in, in terms of in that training room, you know, they always talk about there, there's somebody in that training room that just – 
they know how to push your buttons. They, they know how yeah. to get the best out of you. Like who, who is that guy on sparring day that, you know, when you're standing across him, like, Oh, okay. This, this, this is going to be a long one. Yeah. I mean, it's my two, my two coaches. They're, they're active fighters right now. Uh, Corey and Connor copy. They're both active. Um, and uh, yeah, they got that weird style of striking because they come from that karate based where it's all in and out type stuff. Oh man, that stuff's frustrating because they'd be hitting you, then they'd be gone, then they'd be back in your face hitting you. So yeah, those are some good uh, good sessions. But I mean, yeah, you learn a lot. So <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with the company brothers. As much as you can, I, you know. Yeah, I'm 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 familiar with with them, and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and them having that karate style. I mean, is it, you know, have you, do you sit there and say, okay, I know I've got the wrestling base, but, you know, trying to incorporate that game, has that been kind of, you know, try, you know, with, I would say maybe the range management of how they do things? Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's what we work on a lot, especially because I do come from the wrestling background. So it helps me a lot with my distance. So I, they, you know, so like it's a lot farther away. So, you'll be fighting people at a distance and they have to close the distance and then it sets up my wrestling even better. So honestly, it's like a perfect style matchup for me with having the wrestling background. So I think, you know, it's perfect fit for me really. And, and of course you got this fight here on, on April the 1st there at B2 fighting series, 179. Uh, as you uh, are thinking when, you know, you, you think about your opponent, what, uh, what intrigues you about this matchup? Um, It's a good matchup. Uh, He's seven to one in overall between his amateur and uh, pro. Uh, he's got a lot of knockouts. I mean, he's very heavy-handed. Looks primarily boxing-oriented, but I mean, just like every every guy that's got those little gloves on, everyone's got power. So I just take it like another fight at a time, do my thing, and go out there and perform. When you're taking on somebody that is more striking base, do you look at it from your advantage of you know? that they're going to be so concerned about your wrestling. They're going to sit there and say, okay, I know that is his base that you believe that ultimately kind of opens up some more things on the feet because there is kind of that in the back of their mind of like, oh man, I got to be ready because he could shoot at any moment. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you look my name up, you're going to see a million things on wrestling. So yeah, that's always going to be in the back of your head. Especially if you see my past fights, that's always going to be in the back of your mind. So all you got to do fake shots, let set him up on the feet, fake shots, hit him on the feet. The shot will present itself and we'll take it. Is there a part of you that just sits there and says, man, like in these early fights, I just want to wrestle the crap out of these people. So my striking is a truly unknown. So no one really knows what I can do on the feet. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the longer I can hide it, the better. I mean, you know, I want people thinking I can't strike with them. So then when I have to strike with them, they're, you know, it's a shocker for them and, and then it sets up everything else too. So yeah, definitely. If I can take you down and take minimal damage, why not? <laughs> is it is it though a double edged sword though? Because obviously you know you're you're trying to get you know the experience in these early on fights, and obviously there, there's you know no better experience of you know working on as we've been talking about blending everything together. I mean, is it kind of a balancing act of a if, is or is it more just like? Man, when I get in there, look, if, he, if he's going to give me, you know, give me the takedown, I'm just going to take it. But if, if he's going to sit there yeah. and let me, you know, jab him to death, I'm going to jab him to death. Yeah, definitely. You got to definitely find the, the happy medium. But, I mean, if I can take you down and just, you know, maul you pretty much, I mean, you can't really say no to that. So, 
you know. So I'm gonna do what I gotta do, and if it has, if I end up having a strike with them, then so be it. In terms of you know, they talk about these characteristics they have as an athlete. Patience is always one they always talk about, especially in the fight game. You know, ma- making sure you're, you know, finding the right opportunities. Has patience ever been something that uh, maybe has struggled with you? Of, of you know, you maybe find yourself rushing things in, inside the fight. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I come from that wrestling background, so it's you know, you you take you take a, a couple seconds off, you're getting hit with stalling. You know, so it's like you got to go go go. So yeah, I definitely patience is a big thing. You know, I got to remember I got 15 minutes to work, so set things up and you know make sure it's all you know calculated decisions moves so i'm not getting caught in dumb stuff so yeah definitely patience is a big thing a couple of fun ones to get to know you a little bit better about your personality so uh let's let's say the company better say you got control of the music today what's going on the speakers uh, in the gym oh uh, we're definitely putting on some country <laughs> okay yeah definitely you always been a country music guy yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everyone that knows me, we always listen to country when we're working out and stuff. <laughs> now, are there any of your teammates that are like, nah, man, nah, man, we got to get something else on? Um, not really so much now, but definitely back in the wrestling days when I had the speakers on and I'd be putting country on or trying to cut weight and stuff. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. <laughs> uh, what's the favorite app on your phone? Favorite app? Oh, I'm going to go with just YouTube. You know, I like looking at all the videos, fights, and stuff like that. So, yeah, YouTube's probably my my most used one. In in terms of going and watching fights, is it going back and just watching your fights, opponent fights, or are you you trying to, you know, watch all kinds of fights to to see what other people are doing? Yeah, I watch. Yeah, I mean, obviously I watch my fights. But, yeah, I watch a lot of, like, the high-level guys to see what they're doing, see what works for them. And then, like, just a lot of, like, videos that, you know, instructional videos, you know, see what works and then, you know, see if I can learn from it. More like a film study type thing. Is there is there a type of fighter that you, you find yourself watching a little bit more of to kind of see how they, they do things? Um, I mean, I like all those Russian wrestler fighters, you know, because, you know, that's kind of like my style. So I take a lot of stuff from them. And then, yeah, just really everyone. I mean, if, if I see something that looks good, I give it a try. Uh-huh. If it works, I keep it, and if I don't, I throw it away. That's awesome. Of course, we look forward to seeing this fight here. April the 1st, B2 Fighting Series 179. Appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know anything for you on social media and anything else you want to mention, man. Yep, thank you. Uh, yeah, Instagram, T. Grimsley MMA. Um, that's pretty much the only thing I'm on. I got a Facebook, so it's a regular, my name. And then, yeah, tune in. It'll be a good one. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a fighter who made her successful pro debut, LFA 152. Nero, I appreciate the time. Uh, you know, the first question to me is, you know, I'm looking up online and um, we all see the nickname, so we know where you're from. So when when do you come to the United States? Uh, we came here in 97. So uh, came from Germany, um, you know, yeah, 1997. So, like, in terms of, obviously, that was at a younger stage in your life, but in terms of kind of, like, the the changes in culture, what was, like, the biggest change for you? I don't remember much when I was younger. Um, you know, we obviously came from Bosnia during difficult times, as you know that story. Um, but it was, you know, having to learn English, and, you know, that was 
the biggest thing that, you know, I had to, to adapt quickly, right, is, yeah. you know, I didn't know much English. <laughs> so having to learn that and then, you know, finding um, just starting all over, basically. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, you know, other fighters who have, you know, made their way to the United States. I remember JDS tells a story about how he would watch the Simpsons to help him learn English. So, yes. so I, like, I, cause I remember like when I was in high school, I, you know, you had to take a foreign language to, you know, graduate. Mm -hmm. And I just Spanish, I just, it was a struggle for me. It was a struggle for me. So <laughs> in terms of, of you learning English, did you lean on, on, was it a teacher? Did you learn on, on television programming? Um, yeah, definitely television programs. You know, uh, you mentioned the Simpsons. Mine was, you know, Arthur and uh, Clipper, the big red dog, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but they had the program set up in school too. So that was really helpful taking the ESL class. But prior to that, I uh, spoke uh, German. We lived in Germany for about two years. So it was kind of easy to transition over to English. And I know everyone always says German is such a tough, you know, language, but, um, it was, it was easy for me. I, I, you know, I picked it up pretty fast. So. Yeah. I was actually in Germany a couple of months ago. And the thing that was really shocking to me was how many people did understand English. Like that, that's <laughs> to me was always say, you know, you go into a foreign country and you're like, I oh, mean, if it's not English speaking, you know, you know if, yeah. if, if I sit there and say, Hey, where do I go to get a water? Well, they know what I'm saying. Um, right. But you make the amateur debut last year. So this, this has been a quick rise for you. So when does martial arts enter your life? Um, well, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, but I uh, found a Groupon online and um, I bought the Groupon thinking it was just personal training, like a one-on-one -on -one session. And then the coach that, um, the Groupon that I found, um, he was running a class. He was, it was like an MMA grappling jujitsu class. And I, uh, in the middle of my workout, I looked over and I was like, Hey, what, what is that? You know, we're over here lifting weights, doing this. And he goes, Oh, I also teach, you know, teach kickboxing and all this stuff. So that happened about eight years ago at that location. And I joined and I never looked back. So but I wasn't committed to it how I am now. <laughs> you know, I I haven't been fighting for seven, eight years. I actually started fighting just before COVID happened. Um, you know, uh, I had my first bout. It was a kickboxing bout right before all the closures and, and whatnot. So, you know, a lot of good came out of that. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I, I went for it. So, yeah, that's how I started. Um, and haven't stopped. <laughs> Do you remember like the, the moment that you decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to compete in martial arts. Yeah. I, I mean, I always knew kind of, you know, I always kind of had a feeling like I've, I've always had that competitive drive. Like any, any, any time someone's like, you can't do it. I'm like, watch me, you know, like <laughs> I'm going to do it. But, um, I, I think, uh, and this is kind of silly, but going to watch all of the fights and, you know, seeing all the preparation and, and how dedicated all the fighters are, because I would go to the local events here and then my husband and I would watch the UFC fights every weekend. So, um, but it was during, during COVID what I said, okay, I'm, I'm taking this on as, you know, like I'm either going to do it all the way or not. Um, so I can't, you know, be halfway committed. So 
Um, but yeah, it was March three years ago. So what do you remember about that, that first kickboxing match? Um, what do I remember about it? Um, a lot of roller coaster feelings, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the nerves kicking in. Cause I think that bout was at 145. So I've fought at, you know, all of the weight classes. Um, so we like worked our way down, but I, I remember being heavier and out of shape, <laughs> a lot heavier. Okay. Um, so, but I, I, I remember it being, you know, um, yeah, just a lot going on, you know, lights and it was just, it was, it was scary. I mean, you know, they, you know, I don't think it matters whether you talk about whether it's combat sports or, or any other sports, you know, athletes talk about like, you know, that you're going to get nerves, you know, and mm-hmm. someone will say, you know, it's healthy nerves, you know, yes. and I've had other fighters say to me, that's like, like, if they feel like they don't have the nerves before the fight, they, they almost kind of question, like, do I not have these, these, so do you still get those, those nerves before Absolutely. a competition? Absolutely. I think I know how to, um, how to kind of channel them a little bit better or, you know, um, but I still get them. It's normal. You know, I, I think that there was a one point in my fight where a couple of fights ago, I, uh, I went up to my coach and said, I don't feel anything. I don't feel, is this normal? <laughs> he goes, Oh, you will. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it happens. Um, they're, they're good, you know, good nerves. And of course, the the pro debut goes tremendously. You you land that right hand that that ends the fight there towards the end of the first round. Like, because you think about you know that the the pro debut at LFA. Mm-hmm. Like, is there something that's outside of obviously getting the win? Is there mm-hmm. something that kind of sticks out to you about uh, what you were able to accomplish inside the cage? Yeah, we 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 had a good game plan going into that fight, and um, I wasn't you know I don't know if you've seen my fights previous and I I think I the nerves would hit and I just get overly excited and just try to throw and I was a little the approach was a little different this time around and I was trying to be more calculated about about that so um but you know it's it's never learning so (laughs) I'm always learning something after a fight you know um but I I do yeah I do that was that was a good finish (laughs) Did, did, like, you know, you, you mentioned about learning, you know, you're, you're going to learn every time you go out. Like, is there something that you felt like you learned in this fight? Um, yeah, I learned how to, um, you know, like I was telling you a little earlier, like my nerves, I'm uh-huh. getting better, better, um, at trying to channel them. So, um, just trying to stay relaxed in those situations, you know, when you get hit, um, and uh, I'm trying not to be so clumsy in my fight. I fall a lot. You would think I'd have good footwork by now. <laughs> um, but I also uh, did learn that I have a lot of, like, a lot of support. You know, I, I genuinely, I think that's what I'm really uh, blessed with is, is, you know, I had 20 people fly out to Oklahoma, 20 plus. And so that was really, really, uh, I mean, I always knew I had support, but that was great. So. Yeah, I know that there was a photo you, you posted on, on your Instagram where it was basically a group shot of everyone, uh, you know, there. I mean, is it, did it having so many people that you know being there, 
did it make it feel like it wasn't a, a, a business trip? Like you almost kind of felt like you were in your hometown? Yeah, it did actually. It, it, it does help, you know, and, and I, uh, I always get people to come out and support. And so, um, it felt like, yeah, I was at, you know, in Kent, Washington. <laughs> so when you start going down this, this martial arts route and, you know, going back to, you know, you know, pre COVID when you decide, okay, I'm going to take a kickboxing competition. Mm-hmm. Was, was your, was your family on board with this decision? Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> you know, my mom still takes the videos like this. And then I tell her to t- send me the fight video. And it's like a picture of her feet because she's so nervous and can't, you know, she's, she's, she still cringes. Um, but, you know, they, they are, I, um, they're always on board, you know, they might think I'm a little crazy, but they're always on board. <laughs> They'll ask me and question me if, you know, I'm sure I want to do this, but uh-huh. Um, you know, I, yeah, they're always on board. <laughs> yeah, obviously we, we know, um, part of the nickname of where we get it from for, you know, being Bosnian, but the, the Bosnian bombshell, like, is there a story about how you got it? Yes. My husband gave it to me. Um, I throw bombs. <laughs> so, you know, I have, um, a lot of, you know, power, um, behind, you know, but so I, that's where we got it from. And then obviously Bosnian being where I was born originally. Um, so he did give me that nickname and then just kind of stuck. So, and now I have the bomb squatted per se, so they call themselves. <laughs> uh, that's how they're identifying bomb squad. Like, is, so is there a, a moment in training when you realize that you had the power in your hands? Um, I don't think it was a particular moment. I just, uh, like I do a lot of, uh, like weights and whatnot. Um, a lot of, a lot of my training, you know, I, is kind of around that, but, um, I don't think there was any, uh, any particular moment that, you know, that came, that stuck with me. So, but in terms of kind of getting to know your, your personality kind of outside of fighting, Let's just say you walk into the gym today and they tell you you got control of the music. What's going on? <laughs> what am I blasting? Oh, we don't want me to have control of the music. Um, I don't know. I like everything. You know, I I love, uh, you know, if it's a nice sunny day, I love reggae music. Like okay. Islander, uh, we go to a lot of those shows. Um, and, you know, old school I like old school hip hop, okay. <laughs> old school. I can't get with any of this new stuff, but, um, you know, that, that's what I'm playing. I really, really enjoy reggae music. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the old school hip hop. Now I, I see I'm 41. So like to me, like if you, you know, like I'll go on my Spotify and like nineties, early two thousands, yes. you know, but primarily yes. for me, it's, it's the nineties. Cause that's when I, I was in school and mm-hmm. you know, that that's to me, if I could, you know, I'm, I'm going to the office and like, say if I'm not like listening to a podcast or something, yeah. that's typically my go-to uh, playlist on Spotify. Nice. Yeah. I do like, I do like that. Yeah. I, I can't, but my Spotify, if I open it right now, it's yeah, it's um, we don't want it to go off during a work meeting. <laughs> what i'm getting at <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah my, my spotify is pretty wide ranging you know um yeah 
thing. You know, yeah. if, if my nieces or nephews have, might have been in my car recently, there's probably mm-hmm. going to be a Disney playlist that comes up right. there, you know, which right. I can only take about an hour and a half of that. Yeah, no, I gotcha. <laughs> you know, it's a long ride. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, these kids need these kids maybe need to take a nap here in the car so we can <laughs> we can put on something else. Um, you know, we're all addicted to our phones. Yeah. So uh, yeah. what's the, what's the favorite app on your phone? Ooh. What is my favorite? I I do enjoy Instagram. It's it's the there's just so much funny stuff on like on there and and the memes. So I I do enjoy Instagram on there. Um, that's probably my favorite social media app. So I I feel like if, if you polled fighters, Mm -hmm. I would think at least 80% would say Instagram is their favorite social media platform. I think so too. Now I've become addicted to TikTok. you know, you know, you, 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 the thing is you'll sit there and you, you know, and you know, obviously we're all, we're content creators. That's what, that's what we are. And so, you know, we're trying to put content up there, you know, all that. But there's sometimes I just, I find myself like, oh, I'll just go and I'll scroll a couple of videos. And then all of a sudden it's 45 minutes later. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I do. I like, I can get with TikTok too. I just, but like you said, if I am on the couch and I'm, you know, two hours later, still scrolling to TikToks, I could, it, it wouldn't end well for me. <laughs> yeah, that, that was literally this morning. That was the, literally yeah. this morning. I, I literally, I was just scrolling through it, kind of seeing, you know, seeing notifications, you know, seeing you know, messages, whatnot. And then, you know, it get once they figure out your algorithm, mm-hmm. they, they had noticed, I, I had watched um, a couple of clips from the, the TV show Prison Break. And so I was getting every Prison Break video that was on TikTok. It, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. And it's even more dangerous when you're, you know, trying to cut weight and there's all those recipes and pizza and, you know, stuff you can't eat. So I try to stay away from that because they know. <laughs> See, I've had fighters tell me, they say, you know what, when I'm what cutting weight, they like to put on the Food Network. Really? I, I don't, <laughs> I, I would not understand. I don't understand that thought process. I'm not trying no. to cut weight. So, um, no. but I can only imagine if you're cutting weight, you're in a sauna, whatnot, you put Food Network on and there's, you know, Say you're, you know, you love pizza and, and there's some, you know, delicious pizza on the TV. I, I would think that, like but, someone say, <laughs> but someone say that you said as motivation of like, Hey, I'm getting this weight off. And then once we get through this fight, that's what I can enjoy. I can see that, you know, I can see that. I do come home with stuff that I'm going to eat after the fight. And my husband's like, why did you buy it right now? And I'm like, because I need to have it right after. <laughs> um, so I, I do get that. But yeah, I, I can see how it could be used for motivation. So, so what was the uh, food item for after this fight? I'm a big ice cream person, so okay. I stocked up on Ben and Jerry's. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, I forget what the flavor it's called. It's the uh, Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show one. That's tonight, though. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh all God, of them. <laughs> I I I could li- literally. I'll usually get one or two because if we just get one, me and my wife will literally eat the whole thing in one setting yeah. like there comes a point where we literally have to say go put that away otherwise we're gonna yeah. eat the whole thing it's yeah it doesn't last in my house and i have to get a different one um from my husband um so i i try them all and there's seasonal ones that come out so i can talk about ice cream all day <laughs> see, <laughs> but, see i think that's a good thing if your husband likes different flavors than you do then yeah. you see like 
look, <laughs> I am sure there is something in your fridge or freezer that both you and your husband love. And there, there's going to come a point because any married person has gone through this right? where you right. like, Oh, I'm going to eat that. And then you go in the fridge and you go, son of a bitch. You are going to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, I was going to have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had it for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Any, anyone, anyone, anyone in a marriage, they, they yeah. are very, very well familiar with that. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, well, I, yeah. <laughs> there's certainly been times where my wife has come home and said, uh, did you eat that? Yeah, I did. She goes, I was going to have that. I go, well, you didn't put your name on it. Absolutely. It <laughs> happens one too, uh, too often. So yes, ice cream. <laughs> I was like, are we still, we're still talking about ice cream? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ice cream would definitely be a go-to for me. Um, yeah. In terms of what's next for you, in terms of your fighting career, like have have you and and your manager already kind of put a timeline together of when you want to get back in there? I, I, there's not a timeline, but uh, I'd at least like two to three more this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's important. So I not, nothing yet, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> so if I can get in there the sooner the better, great. You know, is that just purely the goal for this year to try to get three fights uh, in? I always like to put a number in my head. I work with numbers. So, okay. you know, I, I, it doesn't, you know, it's not sad, but it's just something that I, you know, if I get two, great. If I get three, even better. So, you know, knock on wood, everything goes well, right? And, you know, my training and stuff, anything can happen. So, but I just like to put a number in my head. It, it just, it, it makes me think about your, your, your talking about, you know, working and, and thinking about, you know, as, as fighters are, you know, working their way up, obviously they have a daytime job and, um, has, has there been a time where a coworker had no idea that what you do, you know, as you know, the other career, and then they find out that this is what you do and they're just shocked. Absolutely. It happens every time. So I, yeah, it happens every single time, you know? Um, and, and it's funny, I've, I've actually had, a couple co-workers come and they're like this is so nuts you know like you would never think you know um but it happens quite often especially in the office <laughs> yeah I, I remember there was one fighter he was a financial advisor and i said i go i go hold on i go what happens if you get a black eye in training and then you got to meet with the client the next day absolutely he goes you, most of my he goes most of my clients know what i do so oh, okay <laughs> I yeah, go, that's, that's the field I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go, that would be kind of weird if you're meeting a new client and you just, you know, you had a little bruise and they're going to go. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and, and it's even worse too. Like if you, like for me, like if I had a black eye and I'm at the grocery store and, you know, walking with my husband. <laughs> and so like people that don't know, my husband's probably like, stop. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh, 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 I can get that. Yeah. De- yeah oh, like, <laughs> definitely see people giving the side look like. Yeah, like what's going on? <laughs> but no, it's it's yeah, it's great. And I have, like I said, I have coworkers that came out and they're just like their minds blown. They're like, I can't believe you do this, you know. But so much support, so much love. It's it's awesome. See, I look at that from the business side of the equation of those are people who can buy tickets from you. Right. You better give me a day off. <laughs> <laughs> And anyone who knows the, the, the business side of, of regional MA and, and selling tickets, they know exactly what I mean when I say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I remember I was, I was doing play by play for an event and there was uh mm-hmm. they had told me one of the guys was a big local ticket seller. 
Mm-hmm. And when he turned in his money for tickets sold, I was like, holy, yeah, he, oh, he can wow. sell tickets. He can sell tickets. This was at the. Yeah, it was, was a, they, yeah, it was on way. It was in way in day when they had to turn in all mm-hmm. their ticket money. And mm-hmm. it was this huge folder and it was just nothing but cash in it. That's crazy. Well, yeah. hey, I mean, if you're, you know, that's, that's awesome. If they can pay you to do that, that's, that's great. And there you have my conversations with Blake Builder, Malik Lewis, Tyler Grimsley, and Nayra Rep. Appreciate all those fires coming on this edition of the MMA Report Podcast. Of course, all my interviews are done in video form. So if you want to check those out in video, you can check that out over on YouTube. Also, uh, if you just want to show your support for the podcast, you know, go over there, uh, hit that like button, you know, you know, whatnot. That truly does help me out a lot as well as, uh, you know, really kind of one of my big goals for this year is really growing that YouTube channel and really trying to, to grow with more video content in, in 2023. Of course, doing some great, great stuff over there with my guy, Pete Rogers Jr. over on the Fight HQ. We're doing some really good things over there. So if you're you're looking for that DFS and, and betting content, we have stuff over there. I know uh, we had some, uh, some of our listeners really kill it last night on DraftKings course coming up on Wednesday, myself and Daniel Gavon, we'll talk about everything going on in the world of MMA. Maybe more news is going to come out about the ultimate fire 31 kind of where things sit from there. Maybe we'll have some news on uh, this whole IV gate, I guess is, is about the best way uh, to put it out there. But of course, appreciate you taking time out of your day, download, listen to this episode of the MMA report podcast, which comes out two times a week on Sunday and on Wednesday on your favorite podcasting platform and radioinfluence.com.